Hi, this is Randy Wimmer, and welcome back to the Entrepreneur Sound Off. Today's topic is franchising. I get a lot of questions about that. The only time that I would ever really recommend a franchise is if you you're you're so insecure about your ability uh, that you you don't believe you can do it. And 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 if you need that nudge to get you over that 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 hurdle, get a franchise. And once you get a franchise. Once you start building some business acumen, some business maturity, you are going to very quickly be unsatisfied with it. But if that's what you need to get over that hurdle, you know, do it. So I don't think that franchising is all bad. I really don't. You know, some people they just need that little bit of a nudge and say, well, okay, I'll, you know, if, if I had a playbook, if I had somebody with a proven business model, I'll do that and and I'll I'll swing for the fence. The problem that I have with franchising is the cost. And not only the cost, but frequently franchises aren't all that they're cracked up to be. According to Franchise Business Review, which is probably the most relevant, trusted source of franchising information, the average profit of a franchise across the board, uh, all franchise types, you know, averaged is $66,000. $66,000. You could say, hey, that's not bad. 66000 bucks on average. Well, there's a couple of, of, of things that's wrong with that. One is that's not the reason why people launch their company. You know, people typically launch their company to create an element of wealth that they can leverage for their family. Move into a nicer, safer neighborhood, uh, have the ability to uh, send their kids to, to any school um, that they want to attend, be able to help them with college tuition, be able to not be a burden on their children once they get older, you know, that retirement age. It, it, there's there's reasons why people launch companies. Now, a lot of people do it to say that they, you know, hey, I want to be my own boss and I want this and I want that. Well, you're, <laughs> you're, you'll never be your own boss if you're a franchisor. And the reason why is because you have a ton of constraints of what you can and can't do. You have handcuffs on. Basically, think of yourself as a regional manager for the big company, for the corporate company, because you don't get to decide to go out and get another geographic location or change locations or to expand your service offerings or to, to change your branding or to use a different business model. No, you are locked into a cook. And like I said, over time, when that new entrepreneur starts getting his entrepreneurial and his business legs underneath them, they're unhappy with franchising because they realize that they may, quote unquote, own a license, but they're not really the business owner. Them having uh, a blank check or a, a really long leash to do what's necessary to grow and be successful the way they think that they should. They are tied to the franchising bylaws and so forth. The other thing is, is that $66,000 average um, franchise income, you know, the profit, that doesn't tell the full story. When you are an entrepreneur, you're a small business owner, you're launching a company, you may be including your salary as part of that, you know, target as part of your business expense, 
even though you know many, many, many small business owners don't, they live off the profit. But let's just say that you do have a, a an appropriate salary for the position for managing a restaurant or managing whatever. So you're you're taking on a you know the salary of a restaurant manager um, or a shop manager, whatever it is your your franchise is. That's sixty six thousand dollars. In order to get that franchise making any money whatsoever, the amount of work that you're putting into it, that $66,000 wouldn't even be covering your, your overtime. I it, That's just reality. So that $66,000, I'm telling you, that's that's not what most people sign up for a franchise for. Again, $66,000 a year. After taxes, let's say it's $50,000. You know, so now $50,000. Okay, 50,000 a year. In a decade, you'll have a half a million dollars. And uh, in two decades, 20 years, you'll have a million dollars in the bank. Let's say you want to become a decamillionaire. <laughs> you got two centuries. I'm not joking. You have two centuries, uh, if I did the math properly, before you become, you know, a decamillionaire, 10 million. And by then, you know, the, the value of becoming a decamillionaire, oh, that'll, be, that'll be minimum wage in 200 years. So it's not the get rich quick scheme that everybody thinks it is. It's not the plan. It's not the secret sauce. It's not, you know, where you say like, hey, all I got to do is just jump in with both feet and I'll be successful. Uh, but everybody's, you know, the, the, the argument that I'm going to hear from a lot of people saying like, oh, okay, Randy, you're averaging all. You know, you could be doing these tiny little franchises and, um, you know, that that's that's nothing. You know, of course, if you're doing a shoe repair franchise, you're not going to make that much money. Well, you know, what do you expect? It's probably a part time gig. OK, well, let's look at the crown jewels of the franchising industry. Well, the franchising industry's crown jewels are the restaurants, the restaurant industry. This is what most people don't realize. Over half of food franchises earn less than $50,000 a year profit. Over half. Think about that. The crown jewels, over half earn less than $50,000. Only 7% exceed $250,000. Now, you know, may, maybe I've become, you know, jaded. And I don't think that $250,000 of profit is all that much. The, the more successful you become, the, the, the less you're impressed by, you know, by $250,000. But I'll admit $250,000 is starting to approach real money. $250,000, that is 7%. 7%. So you have less than a 1 in 10 chance of actually making a quarter mil on um, and launching a, the crown jewels of the franchising industry. Uh, which are the restaurants. And the average, according to the Franchise Business Review of all the restaurants, is $82,000. $82,000 a year. Now, in order to earn that, you're, <laughs> you're, you're essentially a McDonald's manager. You're, you're a fast food restaurant manager. And you're working side by side with your uh, minimum wage, the high school student, people flipping burgers right beside them during rush hour, during those during those surge peaks of business, you're flipping burgers and you're doing that 
in essence, for $82,000 of profit. So, um, again, a lot of people would be happy with that. You say, wow, that's great. Well, the problem that I have with that 82000 bucks on average is, again, that's the average, and that's skewed by some of those outliers that are making, you know, where one or two, you know, percent of those companies are making really, really incredible money um, and is pulling it, pulling up the average, the 82000 But it's your, it's your financial risk. In order to have the opportunity to play this game, you're easily investing over a half a million dollars. Easily, easily, easily. Some of these restaurant franchises go all the way up to over $3 million. You got to have $3 million sunk before you flip your first burger. Now, somewhere around the average, there's an average that's somewhere around about a million dollars. So you have to play, uh, you have to drop a million bucks in just to play a game where half, where half, um, of, of your competitors after your peers are making less than 50,000 and only 7% are making 250 K or above. So that, in my opinion, is, is not the game you want to play. Now, um, I'm not going to turn this thing into a sales pitch for, for government contracting. Um, but I, I will say this, there are a ton of opportunities out there where you can have just a good odds just as great of expected you know, value um, of, of return on your investment without selling your soul to a franchise where it's your business. You can do whatever it takes to be successful. Uh, the deal is, is you got to have knowledge. And that's, that's difficult. Uh, you can either you know, learn this information on your own. You could go to a training. Uh, you could go to, 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 to school, whatever it is. And you can learn this information and there will be nothing more valuable than just jumping in with both feet and getting your nose bloodied a few times. Getting your nose bloodied once or twice could save you literally a million dollars, you know, in, in franchise fees, <laughs> you know, and now, now it's your company. You're, you're not paying any royalties. You don't have any constraints. You got to do whatever it takes. You know, you're able to do whatever it takes to be successful. Um, you can pivot. You can start out with one idea and you can kind of you know morph another idea into it and you, you could do whatever it takes to be successful in the federal government contracting industry um, again I'm not going to make this about you know the, the federal government contracting industry but the startup fees for um, a, a federal government contracting company the cost of participation in the industry, is in the hundreds of dollars, you know, uh, it's, it's a better printer. <laughs> it is, it's a few binders. It's a website, it's a business license. Uh, and then the rest of it is knowledge. So you can bypass this ludicrous, uh, you know, franchise fee upfront investment. And you can have, in my opinion, tremendously greater, potential return on investment in the government contracting industry. You can win one contract. My very first prime contract that I won was worth $15 million, and I managed that to over a 35% profit margin. I made over $5 million in profit on my first prime contract alone. Do you know how long I would have had to have flipped burgers in a restaurant franchise to have made that amount of money? The numbers are so 
big in the federal government contracting industry that if you know how to swing the bat for the big ones, um, if you know how to play the game, if you're willing to invest in your training and a couple of corporate credentials, the cost is, is trivial compared to these franchise costs. But the upside is just just orders of magnitude greater, orders of magnitude. You know, you're not going to be making $66,000 annually. You know, gee whiz, uh, you, know, <laughs> you're, you know, you have the potential to be making $660,000. Uh, you know, dollars a year easily. Uh, I skipped that. I went from zero to, to making, you know, over one mil, you know, pretty much uh, my very first year. It was a partial year. I started around, I started around June on the contract. So I cleared, you know, well over, you know, well over a million bucks that first year. Second year, um, I was making tons of investments and in other things at my company and, and so on and so forth. But I was doing over two million a year easy that year, two point four million. So it's it's an opportunity to make orders of magnitude more than what you can in a franchise with a fraction of the upfront cost. So um, that was my take on the franchise industry. And what sparked my interest on this? Well, it was a conversation that I had with a colleague of mine, and we were talking about franchises. And I mentioned one particular franchise that was very common, very popular with the veteran community. And he said, hey, that, that owner was struggling, you know, to, to, for cash flow to make money before he started franchising. And that's why that's how he made his real money, by selling his, quote unquote, proven business model, his secret sauce, his playbook to people who were, thought that they were buying something that was going to ensure success when he was even struggling to make it successful for himself. So I liken that to, to these people who sell how to get rich quick schemes to people, and that's how they do it, rather than actually having become wealthy by using you know, a business strategy or business model themselves. I hope this helps, and I will talk to you in the next podcast.